Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Friday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with the Daily Bear Investing Podcast. Hope you had a good day. Hope you had a great weekend. Excuse me, have a great weekend coming up and that you had a great week. I'm going to do this fairly quick, but we have some important bases to cover today. Uh, first of all, the markets finished essentially at their lows of the day, just off barely. Dow Jones down 219 on the day, a six-tenths to 1%. S&P 100 down seven-tenths to 1%. Our loser, Russ 2000, down 1.4%. And NASDAQ down right at 1%. Uh, down 138 points. Our leader, which we always, uh, uh, of course, uh, track very closely, are the semiconductors. SMH, semi-ETF, down 1.7% today. And the SOX, uh, down 1.8% today. So if you look at the chart of the semiconductors, you notice one thing stands out. They 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 they, they peaked. Uh, and it really hasn't affected the market, so to speak, until the last couple of days. But I'm looking at the chart right here. And semiconductors, um, let me enter the right symbol. That uh, that sort of didn't look right. Uh, yeah, just just over a week ago, SMH hit a high of one fifty five. It's now one forty seven. So it's down only down eight bucks. It's now pulling back to our first real important level of support that we track here on our viewer investing system is the twenty one. EMA, the 21 EMA uh, exponential moving average, a 21 day exponential moving average is what we track here. Uh, 8, 21, 50, 100, 200. Those are the only five we care about because we're not day traders. We don't really watch minute charts. Uh, but semis are now reaching uh, uh, along with uh, pretty much every major index now. Uh, they've worked off their, their extreme overbought readings, even the Qs, even QQQs done it. And now you're starting to see small caps are now entering oversold levels. It didn't take long, did it? Uh, the Dow Jones entering oversold levels. So what we expect is going to happen here, and we think we have a pretty clear pattern for this already, is that this is a great year to buy the dip. And because we think this is going to be such an explosive bull market, we're still in the early innings, these don't reverse very often. These don't reverse very often, and they don't give you much of an opportunity to get in. So I'm not in a huge rush to add two positions here, frankly, because we've already got great positions. Um, but I'm starting to get a little, uh, as you can tell, I'm starting to think about that. Uh, and that's really our approach here. Uh, again, this is a newble market. And I shared this this morning on a members-only podcast. Uh, I think it's important repeating this. And I've said it so many times uh, since uh, the October 13th bottom. i got to say it again. This is this important because it speaks right to the psychology of the market. Folks, if you can figure out the way the market thinks, right, based on the way it acts and get that rhythm, then you're pretty good at timing the markets. And obviously it can be done. Um, we're just one of many people that successfully time the markets. Uh, you just have to have a, a discipline and stick with it. You know, if you play, ever played Vegas and, and Blackjack in Vegas, you know, you know what I'm talking about when it comes to hits on 16. You know, you either take a hit or you don't take a hit, but you don't bounce back and forth. And that's really the key to having a disciplined system in the market. You just got to stick with it. It's not nothing that's 100% successful, but sticking with it is the key. And that's what we found, uh, again, since October 13th, we've, we called the bottom then. But what we started talking about since then is, and this is very important again in the psychology of the market, is like, so we've had three brutal bear markets in four years. It's hard to, and, and not enough people talk about this, not nearly enough. I hear nobody frankly else talk about this, and there's hardly anything more important. 
when I say three brutal bear markets in four years, I'm not from from 18, uh, 2018 to 2022. So you can say five years now, but over a four year period, three brutal bear markets. Because the average stock in each one of those lost more than 50 percent. Uh, the, 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 the 2018 one, uh, was really the, uh, that in Rona, you know, you saw in a very compressed amount of time, uh, the Rona meltdown lasted, what, three, four weeks? Absolute meltdown, like we've, like we've never seen before. But the key is that the, the end result of these brutal bear markets is, is they have scarred, uh, the psyche of investors. Not just retail investors, mom and pop investors, I think have done much better than institutional investors who've had their butts kicked over the last five years, uh, longer than that, really. But they're very, uh, because of, of the shell shock that everybody's in from these, uh, again, a compression, they're unprecedented, never happened before. Let's hope it never happens again. Um, but again, investor psychology, there's it's scarred, uh, both institutional and retail side. So, that tells me the nature of this bull market is that we're very early. People are highly underinvested. They're not trusting of this market. I, I'll, I can promise you this. We've had a little bit of a rocky week. Like today broke a streak of eight straight weeks of gains for NASDAQ. I think it was four, uh, four or five for S300 and, and Dow Jones. If, if, if this carry, carries over, it's the worst week since, since March for NASDAQ, early March. If this were to carry over into next week, let's say by Wednesday, if the Dow Jones were to lose uh, 1,000 points and NASDAQ was to lose another 300 points, you would see all of these sentiment surveys that have flipped to aggressively bullish uh, would flip to extreme fear. That would happen in a very short period of time. And that speaks to the nature of where we are. Again, figure out the psychology of markets. That, figure out, that tells you where we are in this bull market, which is really early. Here's where you should be concerned, and this, this, will, this will make the point crystal clear. When we start having big drawdowns and people, people are saying on CNBC, Bloomberg, et cetera, you know, your, your favorite talking head is saying, hey, buy the dip. Buy, buy the dip. Everybody buy. Don't worry. No worries here. This is a, 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 a typical 6 8 10% uh, pullback. And by, when everybody is saying, and we'll get there, right? We're just not there. We will get there. But probably not for a couple of years. That's what we're talking about. The psychology, the nature of analyzing a bull market and a bear market. It works both ways. And folks, the point is we are so far away from that uh, happening. Uh, although I will tell you a lot of people got bullish uh, and kind of found their religion, didn't they? Uh, pretty quick. The pain has been uh, tough for shorts, really tough for shorts. And for the perma bears, good, good, good. They should all be out of business, frankly, because – uh, 90% of perma bears aren't investors. They are, they, they're newsletter publishers. They do, they do what we do. They publish newsletters and they, 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 they use clickbait. That's not what we do, but that's what they're doing. They're trying to sell newsletters, subscription services, whatever, trading services. And uh, that's why they use fear, right? As a perma bear to get people to sign up because fear gets people to act. And they know this, that's their business model. So let's hope that they're all, all out of business in the bull market that's to come. That would be another plus uh, for humanity because uh, they're a bunch of clowns. They're just a bunch of clowns and they do a lot of damage because people listen to them. Um, uh, all right, what else today? Um, uh, th there are two I'm, – and I'm writing this stuff for next week. There's a push and pull happening with people that say that the, the we're in for tough times. It's either because a recession is coming 
or because inflation is going to stay high. That's the two big things because people have given up on saying, okay, we don't have that, we don't have economic growth. You know, the, the, the fear mongering now, and some of this is certainly warranted, is over either recession or inflation, maybe, maybe one because of the other. Here's, here's where they're right. And this is something that we're watching uh, carefully because the 10-year the yield today is 3.73%. And it was down a bit today, but it's still way too elevated. <clears throat> I think you're going to see, because I do think the fear going into the half, uh, second half of this year, certainly into year end, is going to be one of recession. Ed Hyman has been all over this. He's, he's been very consistent on this. All of his data, best economist of Wall Street 50 years, all of his data says that's this is a second half story, first quarter of next year's story. And it's because of lag effects. You don't hike rates by 500 basis, 5, 5% hike in rates in a year by the Fed. Similar rate hikes happening globally, certainly throughout Europe. You don't see, well, China cuts rates. You don't see this kind of unprecedented rate hikes without a shoe dropping, maybe two shoe droppings falling. So that's going to be the story we're watching most carefully. And the key off this is going to be the 10-year. When the 10-year starts to implode, growth concerns are going to become fresh in our mind. It's because of the lag effects of the Fed's rate hikes. They take about a year to kick in. We're there now. And the Fed should have stopped hiking long before they did. Uh, Jay Powell knows what's coming. There's a reason they paused it. By the way, a bespoke research bill, some interesting you know, Tyler shared with me today. We've had, since 1994, we've had five interest rate hike pauses, okay? Again, these are long-term cycles, pretty much. And in the previous four, um, it's taken anywhere from five to 18 months for the Fed to start cutting rates. Five months puts this at year end. So if they're at the low end of the scale, and if they've overreacted to the degree that I think they have, that puts us right at, like, November, December for a rate cut. And we'll see if this Kip Heritage forecast comes true. Um, I've been tempted to change it because the economy has been strong. And I still believe that it will be. But I think that Ed Hyman is, is, is really onto something here. These lag effects really start to do their damage uh, after a year. And again, unprecedented rate hikes. Something we're watching carefully. And here's why that's important to us, folks. We had this great conversation today with one of our long-term uh, subscribers and clients. And uh, thanks again for that call, Robert. I enjoyed it. I know he's a daily listener. I always appreciate that for everyone that does. We talked about – one of the things you talked about was what's happening with the miners and with precious metals. Uh, you know, Silver in particular – we'll cover this in a minute. Silver in particular has been hard hit. You look at a chart of gold, though. And you look at a chart of a GDX, which is the, the minor ETF that we track, that we do our technical analysis off of. But you look at a chart of these, uh, the trend lines connect. We're at important support trend lines, and meaning that this should be a bullish bounce. Uh, the 200-day is still well below where gold is. So gold is in good shape, well above the 200-day, just below the 100-day, pulling back to good solidarity support. But it's the miners that we're really most interested in because, of course, they lead in both directions like the semis do. And we want to see the miners get going. The chart of the miners is very close. It's, the gold is pretty similar. The chart of the miners is very close to what we would call uh, a perfect buying opportunity in the VR investing system. We're not quite there yet. It may take another week or so of, of sideways action uh, or, or maybe a little more downside action. I don't know. 
But uh, then we're going to be talking about, okay, we're aggressively adding to positions because if you're, when the very si system gives you a, that strong buy signal, we've learned to act on it. And we're very close on GDX, uh, 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 not as close, but still close on gold. It, it would make sense that gold holds up better. And on silver, you know, again, it's still well above the 200-day. Oh, hold on. You know what? I just pulled up the chart of gold again. Let me just double-check this because silver has been hit harder. Yes, yeah, still here we go. Silver is right back to the 200-day moving average. Uh, it's now – I'm glad I pulled up this chart. Uh, I hadn't checked it until uh, this morning, until now, actually. The last time was yesterday morning. Silver looks very interesting here. It's stream oversold on a short-term momentum oscillators. And is almost over extreme oversold across the board. Again, another few days, week of action at this level. Silver is an incredibly strong buy. And I say all that to say this because if I'm right about rates and the U.S. dollar, which I think rates and the dollar are tracking each other pretty carefully, I think if 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 the ten year tracks the dollar lower, as I expect, both will, because the economy is going to slow. What do you think is going to happen to gold, silver, and the miners? Yeah, this is uh, this is when the smart money is looking to add to positions here, um, and that's we'll we'll talk about that more next week. Um, okay, internals today. This is kind of playing out like we thought it would, as far as an extreme overbought uh, market pause or pullback, and the internals just uh, today was the first day they cracked a little bit, but this is what happens as 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 a as a as a, as a short sell off extends itself. Uh, today, NASDAQ was um, two and a half to one negative on advanced decline. Volume uh, was also two and a half to one negative for NASDAQ. Those are getting a little worse. NYSE was two, two to one negative advanced decline, but four to one negative on NYSE. So the volume change, we see a difference. Uh, we see a little bit of a pickup in selling pressure from volume here. Uh, advanced decline, I've seen a new 52 highs and lows. Also picking up a little downward steam uh, today. We had uh, right at 200 stocks hitting a new 52-week low to only, what is that, 100 hitting a new 52-week high. Uh, in our second watch today, all 11 sectors finished lower in the day. Uh, utilities down 1.5%. Uh, they, they trade almost, you almost can't make sense of how they trade, to tell you the truth. Uh, and there's not much else happening elsewhere, frankly. Real estate and consumer discretionary down 1%. Consumer discretionary stocks have been very strong of late. Um, just besides that, just not much else. In our commodity watch, uh, gold has shown some pretty good life earlier in the day. Still finished it up, up uh, six bucks an ounce at 1929, uh, but that is about uh, 17 dollars off the highs. Uh, silver uh, down three cents an ounce today at 22.43. Copper down eight cents a pound at 3.80 a pound. Uh, crude oil after a, a pretty good slacking yesterday is trading unchanged right now at 69.59 a barrel. And finally on the day, uh, Bitcoin. It really is starting to uh, to, to get some legs here. Thirty thousand eight forty one up two percent on the day, up six eleven on the day. The titans of uh, the financial world have joined together in a kumbaya moment and are now singing Bitcoin's praises. BlackRock, Fidelity, Schwab, all talking about launching Bitcoin ETFs. All talking about trading systems they're involved with, they're building or launching, and that's the it. That's the that's the blessing. You know, that's that's the Pope's blessing right there, folks. It's, it's Bitcoin's here to stay. There's no doubt about it. I don't really track any uh, ether a little bit 
uh, but really I'm a, I'm a Bitcoin guy. And I think that uh, you're going to see a, a significant move higher in Bitcoin from here. We're long again as of, uh, I guess we added it back last week. It was 28,900. I'm losing track of the days here. But this, this group is here to stay. That's the key. They're, they're, they're not going to be regulated out of business. Regulation is going to increase. I think a lot of that's so built in these, into the not just the uh, uh, big price per, per Bitcoin, but I think it's also really built in uh, to these uh, uh, a lot of the miners as well, which I don't track as closely, but they're actually there's been very solid of late. And so uh, we like this group. Uh, we've made a lot of money in, uh, in Bitcoin over the years, and we're glad to be back long and looking for a big move higher here. All right, folks, that's it for the day. Again, hope you had a great week and even better weekend. We'll see you back here again Monday after the close.